got for us this morning right there. Thank you for being here today. We got visitors here today. If you get a chance, shake their hands. Make sure they know you're welcome. And if you're here and you hadn't been involved in our Sunday school yet, if you'll come next Sunday, uh, we, we start at 9.30. And uh, we'll be over here fellowshipping in the hallway about 9 o'clock to 9.30. And uh, we'll get you, uh, well, I'll carry you around uh, myself. And I'll carry you around and show you what we have to offer you. And uh, I think you'd be happy. You get to know folks here. These are pretty good folks around here, believe it or not. And uh, you may have a good time in Sunday school with them. And we've had some new to come to Sunday school classes today. And we've had a wonderful time with them being there. Amen. God, where in the world are you going with this text here? Let me read this, this familiar text to you in Matthew 7, verse 13. It's talking about getting in. It's talking about entering, getting with God. It's talking about being saved, being born again, being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, going to heaven when you die which is way out yonder. We put that day far away. Or the Lord just coming and, uh, and, and coming and getting us today. Being at rest with God. Being, having peace that passes all understanding. Getting up in the morning and knowing the Lord done been with you all night long. Going through a hard time like Sister Jennifer went through and the Lord just swooped right in there and just, and just, and just dined with her and, and abided with her. And you see that and then you go to see many where people don't know Jesus. You see just the opposite. They want to be mad at God. I don't know what they're mad at God for. I mean, God's the one who gave them everything that they got. But anyway, they, they want to turn to that. Oh, poor pitiful me. When we got all that we got in Jesus, as Brother Charles said, the life that we have in Christ. And if you'll get a chance to get a bulletin before you leave, make sure you read that. But it says these words in verse 13. Must have been a, must have been a gate situation. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing better than a, than a good gate that'll open and shut right. Especially if you own a horse, ain't that right, Brother Reed? That you can just slam it behind you and it'll just latch and catch. Ain't nothing wrong, ain't nothing worse than being on one you're trying to break and, and the gate swinging the other way. You know, it's easier if they swinging back to where they need to be. But sometimes the gate, the way it's hung, it won't swing the other way. And you can't seem to get it in there. Seem like to me... That Jesus Christ and this red writing, he wants to understand something about this gate. It said, Enter ye through the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many be there that go thereat, in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few be that findeth it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but clothing, but inwardly are raven wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes or, or thorns or figs or thistles? Even so every man, even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. And every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit you shall know them. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in thy name. And in thy name cast out devils. And in thy name have we not many wonderful works, done many wonderful works. And then when I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. You know, that's going to be some sad words. After Jesus done done all that he has done after he paid the full price. The Bible said for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In talking to a gentleman the other day, I, I tell him, I told him about you, you'll have to be a complete idiot to miss heaven. With his love and arm reaching to you, the Bible talked about that you ain't gone to a place that my arm can't get to where you at. You ain't gone into a cave somewhere that my ear cannot 
Hear you when you said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which I knowest not. So God is standing, as we was talking in our Sunday school class this morning, how we have a hard time trying to comprehend God's love. We have a hard time maybe seeing everyone else's faults, but if we really got to looking at our own faults, and if we really got to confessing our faults one to another, and really spend as much time on ourselves, seeing how far away we are from being holy as he is holy, and how he reprimands us in Scripture, and he, he asked us, he said, be holy as I am holy. He didn't ever say, let it all hang out. He didn't ever say, well, just take a sabbatical and just get with God anytime you get ready. You'll find some time. He, he didn't say that. He said, seek ye first the kingdom. You know, those things that we want in life that we, that we, that mean so much to us that we would want to win at or we want to be successful at. I even know the preacher, he wanted to do such a good job. On Sunday, he would go, on Saturday, he would go to his church and you could catch him in there. He would try to keep the doors locked, but so many people had a key and they'd worry him. But he would go to practice his sermon because he wanted it right. You say, well, I don't know about all this. That ain't got to do with you. <laughs> you got to get a chalk and get yourself in it. See, all of a sudden, you want, you want to get in that preacher's business. He shouldn't have to practice. He shouldn't have to do that. But wonder if we took it to where tomorrow, we wanted tomorrow to be in such a way with God that we went on and got ready for it. Just like we would for a ball game that we want to win. We'd go to the batting cages. We'd get somebody to throw a ball to us as little boys. We would throw it up on the house and we would catch it as it bounced off the house. Just thinking that's going to help me. What if we lived a life in such a way we want to get ready for tomorrow. We got up every day and the Bible said that we armed ourselves. We clothed ourselves and we got ourselves ready. Some kind of way we got away from all that. We we, we, just, we just think, you know, God's grace is just so good. And he even comes in this text to tell us that, that many is going to come to him in that day and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, hadn't I done all these things? Heard it said one time, and you have too, that the highway to hell is paved with good intentions. Man, you intend to do better. You intend one day to be faithful. You intend one day to be involved. You, you got good intentions, but as we brought up in the class this morning, I asked the man to tell those three things, and, and it's the lust of the flesh. That's what keeps us from being what God wants us to be. And it's the lust of the eye, the things that we see. How many of you have ever went shopping and you wasn't going to buy a thing? Just didn't have nothing to do. Want to just browse around. <laughs> I remember when Houston was small. We was in Monroe, Louisiana, and we, this couple was with us, and the lady and husband, brother Sammy, and sister Donna, and me and Bobby was walking behind Houston, a little bitty fellow, and we was going into a Walmart, and, and Houston was real bad about getting what he wanted, even back then. So anyway, I went on, for, you know, we was running to get something. I think Sister Donna was needing something. We was running to get something. So I was going to go on and tell Houston to prepare him. You ain't getting nothing. We ain't going in there for you. We going in there for Sister Donna. You're not getting a thing. And I remember Sister Donna having Houston by his hand said, we're just going to go in there and see if anything's fell off the shelf, ain't we, Houston? Well, I knew I had some opposition there. I, I knew already there's Bobby going to spoil him to buy him anything that he wants. And, and there was, Sister Donna was going to do the same thing. And then I had to remember, I had to remember a day at Walmart that I had said the same thing, that he wasn't going to get a thing. Just let him go with me. Thinking you're going to spoil him and you're going to do wrong. Let him go with me. And we got over there around some books, had some bulldozers and tractors and backhoes and things. And they, they unfolded as a, as a book, and I've told you this story. And I finally said, do you want one? And, he, and he, I remember him saying yes, and I said, well, pick out the one you want. And after he got the one, he wished to get another one, being 
small, you know, you can get by all that. You know, you put it like now, no, and you're grabbing it when it's going, you're setting it back and you turn your back and they got another and put it on, no, no, and you're grabbing that, you turn the back and you got that. You know how them children work you. They don't ever stop. We don't ever stop. We want things. We talk to want things. We, we want more of all that. One, if we had an, a, an attraction for God's Word and to be with God's people and to do God's will as this Scripture is going to talk about and to be very careful because even the folks that are looking to do right, one day they'll stand before a holy God. Oh, the, the conversation is going to be had. Brother Jeff, how are they going to be so quick? The one that are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, I, I believe that we'll just be on a face and we'll just be saying holy. But when, but when the sinner man that never was born again, that never could give his life, I didn't say join. I didn't say be baptized. I didn't say walk down front. I said that gave his life. I believe they'll be there and they'll be saying, Lord, holy, Lord, holy God, why would you let me in to your heaven? Because he said, son, you got born again one day. You got a spirit inside you even though the flesh wanted to and the flesh had a will to. I put something greater in you than he that was in the world. And the lost man would be knowing he's in trouble. It will be flashed before him. The Bible said everything that we have done and not done. And he'll start saying to the Lord, Lord, you know what I've done. It really ain't got anything to do with what we've done. The Bible said that obedience a lot of people get up this morning and they'll sacrifice to go to church. It'll be a sacrifice. It'll be almost like, man, they done brought an offering or something. Just, man, I overheard you saying this same deal this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, it'll be like a sacrifice that, that they'll just bring. They all, I mean, it, they might well be dragging in some animals or something. That, and you know, they just like, here, okay, I come. And that's what that's going to be before the Lord one day. He said, many is going to be like, Lord, you know what I've done. I mean, but boy, I tell you what God would want us to hear this morning. He said, yeah, but I didn't want you to do it. I wanted to get in you and I wanted to do it. And I, I wanted to do it in you. I didn't want you to do it. I want to do it. You wouldn't let me in when I could do it. If you'd let me done it, he said, he said, my, my yoke is easy. A lot of folks are like, well, they can't go. They got to be at church. They, they can't go. They got to. But see, when it's Christ in you, and when you done been crucified with Christ and your life that you now live is in Christ Jesus, it ain't a God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, a song to Sister Opal, and it said, and look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world. They just grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Says, man, it's going to come to me that day. Said, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Maybe have we not been preaching? And in your name, have we not cast out some devils? You remember that night when, when them devils was there and we cast them in thy name. And in thy name, we've done many wonderful works. Well, the Bible teaches us real plainly. It's not of works, least any man should boast. If one man could have worked good enough to get to heaven, I want to tell you something. My precious, precious Jesus wouldn't have had to hang on that old rugged cross. My precious Jesus would have never had to shed that blood. My precious Jesus would have never been embarrassed in front of the whole world. My precious Jesus wouldn't have been hanged naked in front of the whole world. There wouldn't have been needed for a grave to put him in. But I come to tell you because of my precious Jesus coming and living and dying and arose from the grave, we can be victorious today. I don't even know why I do things like I do it. I mean, I mean, I just know the Lord's just going to wear me out the first day. I mean, I know I got something coming. 
I don't know why we stop singing around here. I don't know why we don't sing to two o'clock. I don't know why we don't preach to five o'clock. I don't know why we ever say amen. I don't know why. I don't know why we do what we do after God done been so good. I don't know why we even think about a 12 o'clock hour. That's cause of the condemnation on the world trying to push it back. But I come to tell you one thing. One day when we get to glory, as I think about that rationing, it'll be no time limit and no disqualification. The world can't disqualify you no more. You ain't gonna have folks that I, I can't go back. Good Lord. They'll say, good Lord, man. I mean, just what are they thinking? He, he'll never make it work like that. That's way too long. But ain't it gonna be something in glory? You think them words will ever come in glory? You think them words will ever be said in glory? How long are we gonna stand before the king of kings? We're not gonna be saying that in glory. How long are we gonna sing the song where time don't matter? We done made it. We done made it, Sister Judy, to that home. We done been gotten around, Sister Jennifer. We done got around back around her mom again. Sister Judy, you done got around Brother Cookie again. Look at all of the family done been put together. Won't be no parting there. Won't be no more crying there. Won't be no more dying. You bring somebody of a carnal mind, that hits them just like a kite flew over the head and they never seen it. But you get me somebody that Holy Ghost done put inside. That's why that scripture we talk about, Brother Jason, eyes ain't seen, ears never heard. Neither has it winning, coming to the heart of man what God has in store for them that love them. It said, but the Holy Ghost done revealed it to you. The Spirit of God done revealed it to believers in the church house that my God is real for I can feel. So what's the situation? The Lord spoke to me about this scripture about the gate. He said, enter ye through the straight gate. For broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many be which go in thereat. So it's a gate problem. Matter of fact, the gate, the situation is that a lot of things probably would be wrong with the gate if folks looked at it. Jesus' gate, uh, they got a problem with the old ragged cross, you know. We try to make it pretty. You know, that thing was probably knotted, a huge tree that was torn down that he was dragging. And boy, we sand one down and we, we try to shape it just right. And we know in all time that that ain't the cross. That, that, there's no possible way it could have looked like that. It wouldn't have been square. Didn't nobody take that much time. They was in a hurry to get rid of our Jesus. And I think about that gate that we have, probably they wouldn't like the latches on it. They wouldn't like the hinges on it. They wouldn't like the gate itself, probably the hinges to the gate that holds everything together. The, the blessed gospel we had, probably, you preached on it this morning, probably, Brother Jason, but knowing you, but the, the thing, the the hinge that holds it together. Don't you know from the beginning of mankind, Paul said in his leaving, he said, I hate to leave because I'm worried that they're going to pervert the gospel. I'm worried that they're not going to change the gate. Maybe they're going to say it's another gate. And that's my worry, the hinges so the first thing that they would want to do to this gate that Jesus is talking about, they probably want to get the hinges. It'd, it'd probably be, be a hinge that was, was shown from the outside and we'd say, well, in a contemporary today, today, in a contemporary church, is that, that seemed a little harsh. We don't need it showing. We need to put it behind. We, we need to make other things of importance. We need to dim the lights down. We, we need to get some lights to go up the wall. We, we need to get some bushes on the stage. And we need to do all these other things, but we need to get that hinge, that thing that hinges together from the Word of God, the preached Word of God through the Holy Spirit that comes in our heart, and it's like a hinge. And we hinge. We ain't hinged on our feelings. We hinged on our faith. We ain't hinged on what we think. 
We hinge on what we know. Paul said, I know who I have believed in. I don't think I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. I don't think that Jesus died on the cross. I know that Jesus died on the cross. I don't think that he shed his blood. I know he shed his blood. I don't think that we redeemed through faith in him who gave his life for us. I know that we redeemed through faith in him who gave his life for us. So the world would say, well, that gate situation I got, we need to get that hinge off. We need to get it. Well, they teach that way. Some teach that way. We got all these denominations if he was trying to get to God that believe different things. Jesus said, I'm the way as we preached two Wednesday nights ago. He said, I want you to know it's still there. In John chapter 10, it ain't moved yet. He made it real simple. He didn't say, I'm a way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I'm the life. And said, nobody goes to the Father except he come by me. All that he says, as we was talking about in, in our Sunday school class, when Jesus gave his son, there ain't another card. There ain't another plan. There ain't a plan B, C, or D. There ain't another something gonna come along and take the place. It happened one time. Jesus gave his life one time. When he hung on the cross, he said, it's finished, meaning all mankind who want to go to heaven have got a way. And if you'll come, the Bible says, as a, as a little child, that's all you got to do. You got to come with faith as a little child. But that little child, when he comes at faith, it's an action faith. You ain't got to just tell him, do you believe? You believe I'll catch you. Oh, they want to jump your way. Well, come on. The smaller they are, they, they don't think anybody. I, I can remember uh, Heath, when he, as a little bitty, little bitty fella. Ronnie, you was there, I think, we was at Gary's barn, and, and uh, Heath was small, and I had him a big old tall black horse, kind of a paint horse, and, and it just took care of him so good. And I mean, he barely could stay on. And I remember being as far from here, to the, not the road, but the end of the park lot where we turned to go down there that was that far. I said, go on to the barn. And I remember him going, and I'm watching him, a little bitty fella, just, you know, whatever he did with the reins, that horse just took care of him. He had complete faith that, that Paul Paul done put him on something that was going to take care of him. I remember him going in, and I remember Vicky, our friend, I, she didn't know who Heath was, and Heath, I remember her asking somebody because she cared about the thing. She was around horses all the time. I used to go to the house a couple, three times a week just to learn how to ride way back in the day when I first got in them type horses. She said, whose baby is that? Whose baby is that? Someone said, that's, that's Brother Eddie's grandson on that great big horse. You know what, but Heath, didn't have no problem. Paul Paul done put him on it. And it was all good, all good and fine. It was no problem. But it didn't take long when he got just a little bit older. He got to thinking. He said, you know what? This horse is a whole lot bigger than I am. And this horse is a whole lot stronger than I am. And what if? This horse would do this. And what if this horse was to run off? What if I probably get? And then all them things. That's why the Bible says when we come to him, you got to leave all the what ifs alone. And you just got to come and you got to trust him. So the world, the hinge on the gate, the whole gate, Satan's got a problem with the whole gate, Brother Jeff. The world's got a problem with. That's why we got all the denominations. They got a problem with something and they're trying to change the hinge. Thank God for the hinge. Thank God for the hinge no matter where I go and no matter where I am. His arm is not so short if it had to reach way down, if it had to reach way out yonder, if it had to reach way up yonder, if I'm in an airplane, thank God, I want his arm to come up there and get me. But the gospel of Christ and that he's paid the price 2,000 years ago, the hinge of the gospel says 2,000 years ago, you were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
2,000 years ago. That hinge was made all the way to right to point at your heart. He said that I stand at your heart's door. I stand at the church of Laodiceus, but we can say I stand at your heart. The hinge is pointed right at your heart. It's, it's right at your heart. And if you want to come in, the hinge, this is the gospel. 2,000 years ago, you was already redeemed. 2,000 years ago, it was over. The price had been saved. You got saved 2,000 years ago, as, as we could say it. Salvation was given. It was over. It's not going to be another Jesus. It's not going to be another sacrifice. That's it. That's the hinge that the world would want to get rid of. I made it clear this morning, you know, you got to make sure you don't know where something's going and you, if you're over at church, you got to make sure whether it's intended or not, Brother Al, you got to make sure. Only thing we're going to get anything from God is we're going to have to meet him now. Right. Jeff, we're going to have to meet him. We've got to meet him. He said, come unto me. If you'll confess your sins, Knock, the door be open. Ask, it shall be given. I, I'm sorry. What you see on TV, he ain't coming out of rapture knocking you in the floor and you got something special. He said, I give grace to the humble, I resist the proud. Let you come to me as a little child. You, you gotta come, but he, he won't to you. That's the hinge of the gospel. He said, you enter at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. I, I was thinking about the gate. You know, we said we need, to, we need to open this thing up a little bit. We need to make it easier. Have you ever tried to get up cattle and have a big wide gate? Somebody said, I think we, there, there are cattle running over you. You can't stop them. You can't head them. You can't do nothing. You got a gate 12 foot wide and somebody says, look here. You look over at them and say, what are you doing? So, well, I'm taking down another post too. I think if we just open this thing up a little bit. I said, that's good to get them in, but how are you going to keep them from going back out? <laughs> how are you going to keep them when they get in there and they turn around and realize, I don't want to be in here no more, and they go to get out? What are you going to do then? So the world said, let's just make the gate wider. Let's just open it up and let's just make it wider. Let's make it easier. Let's, let's make it look better. Let's let, make it more inviting. And, and they preach all them things to make it more inviting and they leave out the blood and they don't talk about the old rugged cross and they don't talk about them lashes on his back. So, mm. Man, I, you like, man, I know I'm saved and, you know, just, People tell you how saved they are and, 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 and God done blessed you. Think about my friend Larry and got up and gave a testimony hill from Murf Murfreesboro. Sunday morning I go with the sister there and we have a time there Sunday and see how the Lord undergirds that family and Monday back with them, Tuesday at a funeral home in Bolivar, Wednesday back there at Lexington and then Thursday I go Murfreesboro to be with my friend and stay up all night with him and Spent some time with him on Friday and head on back and he's doing, he's doing fine and everything's fine. And his wife said, his, called a few days ago, said his blood pressure, something's going on, Brother Eddie, be praying. Went to the doctor and the doctor said, now you got it on your brain. Doctor said, now you got it on your brain. The, every time I went to see Larry, he's always said, whatever God wants, that's what's going to happen. If God wills for me to live, I'm going to live. If he thinks it's time for me to go, I'm going to go. And I'm there with him on Thursday night. I said, Larry, we're going to dig a little deeper. We're going to dig a little deeper. We're going to have to have some more faith. I don't know what God's going to do, but I, one thing I know, I ain't done widen the gate that God don't heal no more. I ain't done widen the gate that God don't deliver no more. I ain't delivered the gate that God don't save no more. I ain't delivered the gate that God won't set a drunk free no more. I ain't done widen the gate where God can't deliver a drug addict no more. And I ain't done widen the gate to believe that a bunch of church members can't get saved no more. He can save you. Most people I've seen get saved are church folks that I thought I was. 
you got to preaching something with the working on me. It wasn't very few times that somebody come for the first time that, that come into the church and we may say some old drunk or whatever outside come, come and in a revival. That's not the people get saved. In a revival, folks get saved, the church folk. Through the preaching of the gospel, realizing they know, they know that they ain't got that thing settled. They know that they don't have a hunger. They know that they don't have a thirst after God's word. They know that, that they just steady slipping away. As I've watched folks since I've started this church, if they slip any further, they won't be here. I done seen it with everybody else the same way. I'm going to tell you with God, you can't be in neutral. Joshua said in Joshua 24, said, you got to make a choice. Whom you going to serve? He said, for me and my house, we done made a choice. We're going to serve the Lord. Every day you get up in your life, you got to make a choice. You can't go in neutral with God. Every time you go in neutral, the devil is eating up all the land around you and everything you've got. And when you get done, all you've got you standing on is what he offered you. And you know what it is? It's like I put in your bulletin. It's like King Solomon said, after he had it all, rich man had it all. He said, it was vanity. He said, the whole idea of my life, how I want to say it, is that I may know him. <laughs> All the stuff can go that I may know Christ. So this gate, as he talked about, enter ye through the straight gate, for broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many be that go thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, but few be that find it. I'm going to tell you something else about that gate. The world don't like the latch on that gate either. <laughs> they don't like the latch on that gate. I'm telling you, it's a narrow way. It's narrow. And I'm going to tell you something. It's few be that find it. it. It's just a really narrow way. It's that way that you got to come by faith. I'm telling you, if I said, if you just come down and let me slap you on the head just one time and you'll go to heaven, it's looking. There it says right there. You're looking at it. Let Brother Eddie slap you in the head and you'll go to heaven. It'd be worth getting your head turned red one time. You say, well, I'm going. <laughs> it's kind of like the guys who was on disability. <laughs> Three guys showed up for church and it was a healing meeting. And <laughs> shut up, you hear me? And so anyway, the, the minister said, you got to go back there and get them. They sat back on the back. They just went to see the show and said, you got to come on up front. You got you to come on. And so the, they said, we don't, we don't even know if we believe. They said, you on TV. This ain't rolling. You got to get on up there. First man got up there. He said, what's wrong with you? And he said, man, I, I'm just so embarrassing. Just please let me go sit down. They done said we on TV and everything. He said, yeah, my hands hurt. I got some arthritis. And the man grabbed his hand just like he's supposed to and prayed in Jesus' name. Got done. He said, what about it? He said, my goodness, I ain't been able to do that in a long time. He said, well, glory be to God. Look the next man. He said, go on, go on, get him. He said, what's wrong with you? He said, well, my back, man, gives me trouble. I, man grabbed him around the back and prayed in Jesus' name. Chuck, just like he spoke to. Man straightened up. He said, man, I ain't felt that good in years. He said, praise Jesus. He looked at that third man. That third man looked at him. He said, preacher, he said, don't you lay your hands on me. He said, I'm on disability. Man, I'm going to tell you something. That's where a multitude of people that's going to die and go to a devil's hell, they just religious enough to go hit it wide open first thing. Look here, they like, I don't want a touch from God. I don't want no Holy Spirit. Man, I just want me some kind of coupon. Man, and maybe if I'm a Baptist or Methodist, maybe if I go to a non-denominational church, maybe when I get there, I can just give them my, my card where I fill out to make myself a visitor. Maybe that's going to get in. I don't want God being real in my life. I don't care about no miracles. I don't care about no worship. I don't care about no praising. And I sure ain't going to be no shouter. Man, just let me get in some kind of way. Hell's going to be full of folks that just want to be around Jesus but not have him living in their life controlling them. Don't bring me the, the scripture we had this morning was about a horse that, 
you put the bread in his mouth, but he, he runs away with it. And the idea of the cowboy is not that the horse would run away. But to get the horse to stop, first thing you need to do, you need to get him to bend in the pose. And the idea is to get the horse to stop in a way that really you can just kind of sit down in your seat and you can just pull with your fingertips, almost not even pulling at all. That's the idea. But what we do, we run away. We just run away, but that horse, if it ever submits to it and it wants to go to it, and I come to tell you the, the same thing this morning. As long as you just got a bit in your mouth, long as you just looking apart, hell's going to be full of folks like that. Let me tell you about the latch. The world hates the latch. There are some people would shout and run and shout hallelujah, but they don't like the latch on the gate. They say, look, the, the hinges need to be changed and it needs to be a whole lot wider and I want the latch off. What is the latch? Security. Shelter. A refuge. Psalm 91. I may turn over here. Y'all turn over with me. Thank that place. I'll be right back. Let's turn to Psalm 91. You talking about a loaded gun that shoots hell right in the face. Psalm 91. He that dwell in the secret place. Oh, wait a minute, now, brother. Ed, I, now, I got a camper. <laughs> I got one of them pop-up tent things. Now, I like come visit. <laughs> Be like every day you get home, somebody eating out of your refrigerator that don't even live in your house. <laughs> so, well, I'm part of the family, ain't I? I mean, I met you. You know, I met you a time I'm part of the family, ain't I? I mean, they, they coming out of the oven with your steaks you was going to have that night. And you ain't but one left and you had five when you left. Done drunk all your beer? And your wine? And even done reached up on that bottom, got old Jack out of there. And it's all gone. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide on the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge. He is my refuge. He is my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Look at That's where I'm at. <laughs> Surely he will deliver me and on and on it goes. I better get back over here. You won't never get out. Because that latch, that latch, they don't like that latch. You go to talk about being saved eternally that he may come, you will not find anywhere in there that he ever give anybody a two-day pass to go to heaven. You won't find in there that he gave somebody permits going to last for a year or two. You will not find it in the Bible. Bring them to me. Look, that don't make any sense whatsoever. You can't find anything remotely close that God will just give you a few days to enjoy his goodness, fill you with the Holy Ghost, and let you shout for two revivals and all of a sudden, oops, it's gone. I'm telling you, I'm serving a God whether you like it or not. I'm telling you what, I love to get on this subject. I'm talking about, you talking about love, I just wish, I, you just whoop me, beat me, bring three preachers, let them beat me and when I take my last breath, if I get up one more time, I'll say, blessed be to God, to God to save your soul from the uttermost to the uttermost. You can't get a pass, man. There's a latch he puts on. When you come and you give your life to Christ and you know whether you gave it to him or not. I'm telling you, I believe there's a struggle going on. I believe we come to him. We try, every one of us try everything else but going through that gate. My word, I'm walking down. You hear me? If that takes walking down, I'm walking down. I'm walking down. I mean, that's what it is. You can't even get nobody to walk down no more. But I tell you, if I need to walk down, I'll walk down. Matter of fact, I tell you what, I'm just going to tell Brother Eddie, I, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to get in the water. I, that's what I'm going to do. And, and Kenneth, they do all those things. Like playing ball, they, they, they hit the ball and they run the bases and they 
they get at the end. The Bible's trying to tell us they get at the end and they slide across the plate. They, they tagging it all the way across and the, the, the hind catcher don't tag them till they're two foot on the side and they jump up and they know that they're home free. And the umpire says, used to be in softball, you know, if you was coaching at first base, you could say, Mr. Ump, Mr. Ump, right here, right here. Jason, you remember. You could say right here. Boy, that ump would come down through there. He said, he's out of there. Oh, Jason, wouldn't we get upset? Oh, no. He didn't get me. The Lord in heaven would say it like this. You hit second. You got third real good. And it's a plain fact that you've come across home plate just a sailing. He didn't tag you two feet. Men is going to say, then, Lord, what in the world could it be for me to hit a ball like that, for me to run them bases like that? We got the marks showing all the way across the plate. He said, you missed first. That's where Jesus was. Second was the baptism. Third, you went to church. I mean, you, you wore it out. Fourth, you come in on home. You, you gave an offering every Sunday, but you done stepped over first the one that can mold you and make you in the likeness of God. So we'll read this and we'll try to get through. It sure feels good in here this morning. Amen. Amen. And it goes to talking about some trees that can't bear fruit. Let me tell you something. I've seen some apples that I wouldn't eat. And I'm sure that's a representation of my life sometimes since I've been saved. It might be a bruise all the way and you cut it. And you try to cut that out. But that brown, I just don't like to eat it where that brown bruise doesn't got over in there. Maybe y'all like them apples. I'll save you some sometime. I want them to crunch. And I want them to have that red peel and I, I want them to be white. And I mean, I want them to crunch in my mouth. Y'all got one? Anybody got one in person? <laughs> Boy, and they good. They just crunch and they so good. But you'll get one and you're trying to save it. And, and it's brown and that brown just keeps going. And then finally you get a place over there and you think, this is it, this is it. And you notice that a worm done been all in there. And that other half that you thought you was just going to eat. And that worm then got in there. But there's no possible way. Somebody said, well, you ain't got an apple anyway. You got an orange. See, Chuck, all of us, all of us have times. When it's like that apple. It seemed like half of us is almost cut off. The other side's got a worm in it. But there's no, no way you can say there'll be a stem there. It'll have been that apple shaped there. It was an apple. It just decayed. It done a, but you can't deny the fact. Let me tell you something. Don't you never represent this scripture to think on, that you all that. On, what you represent this scripture said, look here. No matter how bad you get, if you come to me, if you come through Christ Jesus, there'll never be a time that you won't be of my fruit. Amen. You'll be my fruit. Can't nobody say that you won't. I heard it say one time, said, I ain't the butterfly. I know some of you are. I ain't the butterfly that God wants me to be, but praise God, I ain't the worm that I used to be. And then he goes on and he talks about that every tree that bringeth not good fruit is hewed down and we need to produce People need to look at our lives and see that we are in Christ Jesus. And so it tells us there in verse 21 about that many is going to come to me that day. They'll say them things. And we got down to verse 23. And he said, then I will profess to them I never knew them. Depart from me, you work for iniquity. There's more iniquity going on in this world of not preaching the gospel of Jesus and preaching some help, something's going to help you, make you feel good, and you can still go to hell. There's so much time being spent trying to change the hinges 
make the gate wider and take a latch on it like you're just going to be like in a fish boat and you're just going to jump in and out. The scripture that we read, we read just about in everybody in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, and we're closing. I, I promise you I want to go too. We'll read this mostly at all funerals. It's talking about a mystery and we shall not all sleep. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 58. <clears throat> I like 55, said, O death, where is thy sting? And O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is, sin is the law at one time. Boy, get a hold of verse 57. The hinge, the gospel, 57, 58, that holds everything together. That's the hinge. It says, but thanks be to God which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It said the victory that giveth us the victory. We got, a, we got the earnest, the down payment of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. I believe that I could fall right into that category of being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. The preaching that I got, Sister Donna, before I ever got saved, I was already going to church because I know heaven was a good idea. I know going to church was a good idea. I knew that giving was a good idea. I knew that serving was a good idea. I knew what scripture said before I ever got to church, but, but it was a burden to me. It was hard. I just couldn't seem to find the time. I couldn't seem to never make it. It's important, but I come to tell you because I had so much scripture, Brother Jason, so much preaching to before I ever had the Holy Spirit, I knew there was a need for me to be in church. I knew that's where I need to have my children. I knew that's where I needed to be sitting at come Sunday morning. Whenever the church doors open, I, I wanted to be there. My word, since I got saved, this is where we want to die at. We had church every day. Whatever increase, TJ, whatever an increase, the possibility. TJ, you remember when we was preaching that message and I'm saying this to remind them, of course you do, and about the man letting the man down through the roof and, and I had TJ and, the, and I had six guys holding TJ and they was holding him up right there and, and I was preaching. I done built a little house there. Johnny done helped me with the roof and I done had David Slayton to tear the shingles off of it and, and he was tearing them off and they were still holding the guide and I, I remember that's the morning I, I slid across there and about three times and if I tried to do it again I, I'd stop right here but I just had sliding power just a Holy Ghost slide on me that day now you remember it brother Jason Cole just laying everywhere and, and, and so anyway I said now them guys ain't gonna quit I mean they they gotta get this man to Jesus they ain't gonna give up but boy you ought to seen them they was big stout men but they didn't have TJ for a long time boy they was on this foot and they was on this foot brother Jeff they was about broke down and looked at TJ and wondered we didn't break TJ's back I mean he just sloped down but but when it started, boy, he was good and straight, and they had him up there good. <laughs> Finally, I told him, come on up here and put him in this hole. Put him in the hole. Put him, let him down through the deal. I didn't tell TJ what to do. Boy, when they put him in that hole, he come out the other side and went to running. TJ, wouldn't that have been a good time for Jesus to come right when you run out of that hole and you was running? And he said, man, TJ was running. And he just run on out of here. He just went on up to glory. And because he just come right out of that hole, he had been born again. And he had come out of like that man. They said, because of their faith, you've been made whole. And because of their faith, TJ was put through there and that was salvation for TJ and and he come out through the other side whole. And he went on to glory. How do you want to die? You want to die playing games? Brother Jason's going to come. You want to die playing games? You want to die looking like one? 
You want to die faking it? You want to die without a desire? You want to die when church is really a burden? You want to die without being a part of the service? The Bible said, be ye steadfast, always abounding. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And as much as you know your labor is not in vain, how you want to die? How you want to die? Yeah, praise God. Praise God. Seen this lady on a video the other day. You, you hook up wherever you want to hook up on all that. I was at a beauty shop one day. And uh, this lady asked me, do we believe in speaking in tongues? And I said, I sure do. She said, then I'm coming. She said, really? I said, really? She said, you really believe it? I said, I believe it. I said, I ain't never seen nobody speak without one, ma'am. <laughs> but anyway, just tell us, I, just coming from Nashville, you know, just trying to get you some gospel songs here and there. And, and uh, I, I believe when God saves, you've got a brand new way of talking. I sure do. I, I believe you've got a brand new way of talking. And anyway, she was singing songs. She said, when I die, let me die speaking in tongues. <laughs> she was really excited about it. Let me, when I die, let me die speaking in tongues. Boy, when I die, let me, let me die talking about the goodness of God. Amen. Let me talk about the glory of God. Let me, let, me die, let me die testifying how good he was. How you want to die? You want to die just like you are? Can you say well done just like you are? Can you find them in your mind that you might have missed it? Can you find them in the mind that everything else in life, and it's going to go all through here. Can you find them in, in your mind that everything else in life, there ain't no way you drove your car to church today with red sand all over it. <laughs> if you had to be late, you'd have went through the car wash. If you'd have come out of the car wash, you said, hold it a minute. You'd have got out and looked at it and it still had that red sand. We're going to have to go get a rag. And you'd have went down there to Dollar General. Said, hold on, we need to get some palm olive or something. You'd have got a bucket. You'd have got all your little fancy stuff rolled off thing up when we TJ. Hold on. Then Becky said, you didn't get them tires yet. We ain't pulling up there. We, we ain't doing that. TJ, we wouldn't, we wouldn't load the boat behind us going to the river and have that old car looking like that. We just ain't going, yeah, I mean, but boy, we'll just do God any kind of way. We'll just do him, won't we, brother? Pass, we, we'll just do him any kind of way. Are you, are, you, are you sitting where you want to die at? You can be born again today. But your pride's going to have to go into Brother Al. I wish you could have been in our Sunday school class this morning. Pride's going to have to go. It was something said about it. I think the brother was saying it right. I just want to make sure. You got to come to him. He's right there. But you got to come. Lord. Help someone this morning as we all stand to our feet.